Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about all things insurance, including current events, trends, and strategies for success for independent agencies and carriers. Each episode provides listeners with tips and tricks you can immediately implement from Rick and other leaders from across the industry. And now, here's Rick. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. I'm the host, Rick Fox, and I am again pleased with the guest that we have today, Pete Tessier, who not only is a fellow insurance brethren, but also a fellow podcaster. Pete is the Vice President of Sales Marketing at BSI Insurance up in Winnipeg. And also the host of the Insurance Podcast. If you haven't listened to Pete's show, uh, it is it is worth it. I've actually been on his show, and the conversation is good. That's why I'm excited to have him here. He's got great insight. Excited to have you, Pete. Welcome to the program, man. Hey, Rick. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, you're coming out very soon on on my show, and it's fun uh, fun to sort of go back and forth. I it really is. appreciate being on. It is. It's great. And what's cool about it, I think, is like I know the industry. I've been around the industry similar probably to you. But when you have these conversations, you get you get the like the I get to podcast. I get to talk to great people. I learn as much as our listeners do to kind of what's going on in the market, what Pete, what kind of perspectives people have. And I think it's really cool. So, Pete, I'm going to let you do kind of what we always do on the show, which is start with giving us your journey. Let, let the, let the listeners kind of get to know you. How did we get to this point? Well, okay. Thanks, Rick. Uh, look, no one in insurance, I think plans to get into insurance and I into, into the industry. I never did. I ended up into it through a persuasive father-in-law moved across the country, ended up buying into a brokerage, you know, agency. And then we basically carried on from there, grew it, expanded, looked at it. I started getting upset with issues in the industry and I joined our provincial association. I became president of that. Then I went on and joined the national association for brokers and agents in Canada and got involved in that and uh, carried on from there. My curious brain just kept leading me to different places in the insurance industry, advisory councils, thing, you know, with, with insurance carriers and you know, it just became this sort of fun thing. I mean, I have an unusual background. I'm a, an executive in an insurance uh, agency, and I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts with a major in offset <laughs> lithography. So I tend to look at things a little differently than most people. It's a different, it's a different lens. It's a different lens. Uh, well, again, Pete, great having you on. I think what's cool about like this conversation is I, I ask this question a lot when I talk to people that is just generally, but also specific to having them come on the program. And when I asked you this sort of, what's your, like, what's your soapbox for lack of a better, where where do you feel like you can help our listeners, anyone, your listeners, where can you help them? I sort of asked you that question and I thought your, your first, like your gut, like instant response to it was what I loved. So let's go with it. So like the floor is yours, my man. I think one of the things that I've learned from talking to people through the podcast and my career in insurance is we got to ask the right questions. And I think one of the ones that we don't always ask ourselves is what's wrong. 
what's wrong with what we're doing? And then what's working? And then how can we help make it better? And that is also, it's an internal question, but it's also an external question. And I think if you can get your culture aligned to be consistently asking those internally within your teams and then externally with your customers, you're going to make a wonderful customer journey and experience from the beginnings of your back office to the client satisfaction that we all want. Well, it, it, it feels to me like, so I, I love this. Let me tell you why I love it. So when I talk, I talk to agencies all the time and I get kind of in this, this stuck moment with agencies where they, they feel like they know what they're doing because something they've been doing has been pretty darn successful for a long time. And I will ask them to define something. I, the example I use is, so what differentiates your agency? And the answer would usually almost every time is our service. And so then I will ask the obviously next question, the probing question of what does that mean? And that's where they usually stammer or don't really have an answer other than where we pick up the phone and we service our customers when they call. So it doesn't take but one layer to get below the what's wrong. And what I always get into a conversation with them is our customers want this, this, and this, whatever that is. They want us to call them. They expect us to blah, 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 what, you know, fill in the blank. And this sort of expectation is I always say, okay, hold on. Have you asked, to your point, have you asked your customers that that's what they want? Or are you making some assumptions based on historical data of the last 20 years that you've been in this business, thinking that, you know, before we had cell phones and or even pagers, yeah, you did call them because that was kind of the way you communicated, but the world's changed. And so let me challenge you a little here. And I want to ask this question. Like, I, I agree with what you said wholeheartedly that if they, if they're willing to address that there could be things they could do better, whether that's externally or internally, way ahead of the game. But so many of our friends and part of this industry would say, it ain't broke. I don't have anything I need to fix. Now, you and I and tech forward thinkers or 2021 thinkers will tell you that, okay, it might not be broke, but it's probably pretty bent. You need to start going through these kind of questions, these kind of exercises that you're talking about, Peter. So my challenge is, what do you do with the person who says, you know, we're good. We got it. Even though we probably haven't looked at our, the way we communicate or the way we, the way we market or the way we are UI UX for the way our, our employees work every day. We haven't looked at that in 10 years, but we're good. How do you break that mold? Well, first of all, I think you have to have a culture that's built to have those conversations and, and ask different questions. One of the things we've traditionally done with insurance is we've built our resources around people and we're a people heavy industry. And we all know we're in the midst of a, of a technology evolution. So what I say to people is, you know, on a certain team, let's talk back office. I say, what happens if that person wins the lottery and is gone tomorrow? What are you going to do? Mm. How are you going to fix that problem? Because th the initial conversation is, well, we'll just find someone. But what if you don't find someone right away? Right. What is the cascading risk to us 
or to you or to, to your position, to your team, to your, to your workflows, if that person, that key cog is not there. And then you start backwards engineering things and you realize, okay, we're fine, but we're one blown tire away from disaster. And it's the context that you have to put people into to think about that. So that's where you say, okay, so it hasn't, it's not broke yet, but if it did break, now you see where the problems are. What do we do to prepare for those? And that's what we're fixing. You're trying to fix things before they happen, right? Right. It's like a car. You do regular maintenance and we should always be doing our regular maintenance in our, in our business. Hold on. Hold on a minute. Am I supposed to be getting maintenance done in my car? Is that a thing? <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Depends. Depends what you own, right? <laughs> no, Peter, let me, uh, let me jump in here. Cause here's, here's, I, I am like literally writing things down and nodding my head to what you're saying. And what I loved about what you said was because, and I'm actually going to use this because so many people that I talk to, they think they're okay. Like they're, they're like, the way we're doing it today works. And, and it does like they've, they've made a living off of doing it the way they've been doing it. So I, I'm challenging our listeners today to ask, how's everything going in your agency? Great. Okay, that's fine. I'll allow you to go there with that for now, but do me this solid, do your agency this solid and, and ask yourself at least one what if question. So Peter's what if question was, what if Dave in the back office won the lottery tomorrow and was gone and then answer it with what you would do. And if your answer is we would just replace Dave, then you're not thinking about it in the right way. Pete, Pete I'm going to ask you to expand on that. Cause you've got more of a, like a perspective on this, I think, but isn't that, am I, am I, am I going down the right road here? Yeah, absolutely. The idea is if you lose a team member, if you lose a key cog in, in, in the machine, can you build that cog again? Or do you have to look at other options and what do those other options bring you? And right. was that cog maybe redundant? I'm not saying Dave's a guy we don't want on the team and that we shouldn't have had Dave, but if he's not there, do we need to replace him? Is there a better solution? And that kind of leads to the way of how you solve problems too. Solving problems in the same way that you solved it 10 years ago is probably not the most progressive and innovative way of doing things. And Pete, to your point, you would solve it by asking, being curious with your staff, being curious yeah. with your customers, figuring it out as a collective, not just saying, I know what's up and here's what we would do, right? Yes. Yeah. Bring everyone together, open some ideas. I, I have this big saying, and it goes back to, you know, for anyone who's as old as I am, you're going to remember Hanna-Barbera cartoons, right? <laughs> totally. Right. So an interesting thing about the history of Hanna-Barbera is they had a rule in their creative meetings. No one was allowed to say no. So if anyone had an idea, you couldn't say no to it. And their belief was that the best ideas will be the ones that are acted on and there's no bad ideas. There's just ones we don't follow through or we don't follow through with right away. I like that. I really, I am actually thinking about Dylan. We should have that as one of our podcast meetings. Like everybody brings ideas and there's no no's. I yeah. love that. I love Isn't that. Isn't that an amazing way of thinking of problem yeah. solving and yeah, creativity? That's cool. It's that's fantastic. Very cool. 
All right. So I love this. And I think if, if anybody takes anything from this podcast, the one thing I would hope that, it, that you take is that the what if question, just allow yourself to not just be stuck in we're doing fine, or even we're doing great. Because th- there's always better. And tomorrow is a different day. And so ask yourself, even if it's just simply the lottery question, what if, what if Dylan won the lottery tomorrow? Well, first, I mean, I wouldn't have a producer because he would be so gone so fast. We'd see him cruising around in his really expensive car around town. That would be it because we would never see Dylan again. Ask yourself the what if question and then pose it to the group. Now, here's where I love that inclusion of others is not only is that a great way to run a business, but, but it inherently adds to a culture within an organization that can be extremely positive, extremely productive. And if someone, you know, is in this crazy world of people looking for new jobs, if they feel more included, if they become part of the, the process, they're not as likely to go elsewhere. So I think there's so many positives about that, but I want to shift gears. You and I talked earlier in the week and you used a, you used a, a phrase you called it an innovation budget. What, yeah. what do you, what do you t- tell, tell the listeners what you told me about that? I think this is really cool. Write it down, everybody. Innovation budget. Now Pete's going to go. So I hope I summarize it the way I sold you on it. But the, the idea is, is what are you doing? What resources are you allocating? And let's just choose financial because I use the word budget to help improve what you're doing. It's like R&D. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to test out? What are you trying to experiment with? What are you trying to play with? What is in your, um, we call it a digital sandbox. So we know the industry is going through an incredible change in terms of service delivery, distribution, and connectivity with our customers and our carriers and all channels in this, claims, you name it. Pick your line of business. It's, it's under um, siege of, of innovation and change. So we've adopted the idea of what's in our digital sandbox? What are we playing with? How much can we afford to play with? And how does that scale out? What do we learn from it? And that's just part of the idea of like, you know, you go to a playground and you see kids sitting in a sandbox just doing things and look at what they create and, and, and build on. Why don't we do the same thing? And it leads you to some great, great conclusions, some, some awesome projects and maybe a little bit of fun too. And it allows people to bring forth ideas. So all that idea, all those ideas that you talked about in the planning meeting that you never said no to, well, let's take one and play with it and see where it takes us. And the, the digital sandbox is it. Is, is, the, is the concept like we want to solve a problem and we want to take a look at technology to potentially solve that problem. Now let's put something in the sandbox. Is that kind of the yeah. A to B and to C right there? That's, that's basically it. And I, I'm, I'm focusing on the technology side because I think when we say innovation with insurance right now, we think technology, but right. you could apply it to a lot of other areas too. I would say generally, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not shaking your head that no, we don't need to be looking at innovating our agency. You're thinking, I probably have areas where I can improve my customer experience, my employee experience, my bottom line, whatever you're looking to improve, looking at something like, how do I innovate? How do I make change is, is crucial to that growth. And 
the way that that you describe it, Peter, and the way you described it when we talked before with a with like a budget, say, and you said like whether it's a hundred bucks or ten thousand bucks, you put something into your budget that says we're going to try new things and we're going to see if we can make them work for where we're trying to go. Now, the, the cool thing about doing it too is just as as easily you could you can get to a point where you're like, yeah, this this isn't for us or this doesn't solve the problem. And so that's that's why it's this playground or sandbox that you're using as sort of a testing zone for that what that does. So we always talk about on the show, you know, that every agency, every individual in our industry is on some somewhere different on their spectrum of growth, of technology, of innovation, of forward thinking, of all of these things. So if I'm if I'm listening to this and I'm still trying to kind of get my, you know, my feet under me, I want to dip my toes sort of, for, for lack of a better term, dip my toes into the innovation bucket or into the, I, I work in an agency or I own an agency that is, has been very against change and I need to tiptoe down that road. I'm dipping my toe. What would be like three kind of points that I could just quickly not, you know, not, again, not fly me out to the middle of the ocean in a helicopter and drop me in the middle of the ocean, but, but like in a pool, just dip my toes in, start my journey. If I'm not all, cause some of, some of the people are listening, you're validating what they're doing. I'm saying for those that aren't maybe thinking all the way down that spectrum so far, they're early on, they're early into their game. Give me three kind of quick hitters that people can, can just go boom, 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 and maybe affect change. I think the first one that I always say to people is manage your brand. What are you trying to let the market know about you? And that case now is different. Insurance agents have been able to have their businesses on main street and just organically have customers show up. You need to now put your brand in different areas. So you need to think about social media. It sounds really obvious because everyone's got their own Facebook page. We're all contributing to Instagram and some of us tweet, some of us use TikTok, but you need to actually invest in it in terms of who's doing it, what they're doing it, what they're doing with it, what content they're saying and giving, giving the customers you don't know exist an opportunity to find you and understand you. There's exploiting your brand and that, you know, so that more people know about you. And then there's creating value with your brand and you've got to be in there doing it. And that's about content and messaging. The platforms are all there. And, and, and guess right. what? They're basically free to use for the most part, but creating content is really difficult. So you need to have someone in your organization or partnered with your organization to do that. That's, that's one I think is just a, ne a base necessary aspect to, to innovation and I like that. out. Two, website. It seems obvious. What do you want to do with your website? A website is an organic living being. It's actually just like one of your better clients. Their needs change. You, you, your website is your insurance policy that requires updating and management and tweaking, just like a policy to make sure you're covering all the bases for, that your clients need. 
you do the same thing for your clients, get someone to do the same thing for your website so that you're being found. You're also providing just some simple services that your customers might want. And that leads back to finding out what your customers want with their customer experience. When you say, well, how can I help? Oh, I'd love to do this. There's an idea. Pete, let, let me add on the website too, because I think to, in today's uh, agency slash broker world, there there is a table stakes that has been set and the website's a big part of that, which is yep. us as independent agents, I think it's now a requirement that there, you have some ability, some portal, some way for your customers to get self-service. And your website is how they can do that. It'd be great if, you, if you've taken it a step farther and they have access through an app, but at the very least through your website, they sh should be able to communicate with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and, and get access to things like ID cards or whatever they yep. might need. So as you're talking about you know, that website and it being this sort of moving, constantly growing thing, like I would put my foot in the sand and say, start with that. Yep. Or at least don't, don't wait on that because that is becoming the thing. Today's consumer has no like clock for Monday through Friday from nine to five. Like that's not the way any of us operate anymore. Think of yourself as a consumer and think if you'd be okay with doing business with somebody who you couldn't communicate with anytime you wanted, because that's just not the way we, I can two in the morning on a Saturday, I can go to Amazon and buy, buy something. Absolutely. And people are going to do that with insurance soon if they're not already doing it. And Rick, you and I both know there are agents and brokers out there who are transacting business at 2 a.m. in the morning. Exactly. It's happening now. It's just a matter of when does the dam break and everyone starts doing it at all hours of the night and day and not going to a bricks and mortar store. So where, where does this all lead to? Well, a really good friend of mine who's been on my podcast a few times uses the phrase, if you build it, they will come does not work without marketing. So what we talked about with the website and the social media and customers is all about communications and connectivity. We have all the tools to build those connection points with our customers and with our partners, our, our business partners, our carriers, our, you know, and any other vendors you may use. But you need to manage the connectivity and what goes into it. You've got to think about that too. And a lot of this is scary stuff for people because yeah. the immediate thing is, how do I get an ROI on this? And, and it's hard to say, well, this is how it is because it's different for everyone based on what you're trying to do. But the ROI, if you need that ROI number or that ROI methodology explained to you and, and so, you can, so you can make an informed decision, the ROI is if you don't do it, you're not gonna have any ROI. Right. Because the market's changing it's and so you don't have to put in a hundred thousand dollars to it. You can put in as much as you want and learn and grow with it. But that's your ROI because you've got, you've invested in your website. You're now doing social media. You're now investing in connectivity with, with what you're going to do with your customers. You've got to market it and brand it and make it part of your embedded service culture. And that takes 
time and it takes effort. And that's the marketing part. So putting, putting a bow on this part right here, Pete, I would say, again, somewhere on your, on your journey, your innovation, uh, transformation, evolution journey, if you're way down the road, these things are probably validating what you, what you already know, what you're already working on. Those of you that are early in this journey that are, you know, dipping your toe, you still got the little, the little floaties on your arms. You're not quite ready to jump all the way in. It's a really good place to start. And just to recap what Pete said here, social media, that's, that's not, it's not a fad. (laughs) It's not like, Oh yeah. Do you remember when we used to have Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn? No, those are, those are not getting smaller by the day. They're getting bigger. So, so Pete's got social media on the list, the website, optimizing your website, portal on your website, self-service content. That's valuable. Give them Uh, like even just a visual appearance that your business is real and good and somebody that someone that they can trust makes a huge difference. And then the third piece is a connectivity. And I could not agree more with Pete on this piece. This is the part where when you're isolated and not connected, whether that again, carriers, partners, customers, you, you, you are now working in a bubble that, that people do not want to be partner with, whether, again, whether that is carriers, whether that is your customers, your lifeblood is your, is the people that are, you know, part of your book of business. So again, it's, it's social media, optimize the website connectivity. If you, if you just took those three away today and you're starting and you're early on your, your innovation journey, build an innovation budget and start playing around with some things and start changing some things. You need to invest. If, if you a- answer a question about some change in your agency with that's too expensive without doing the research of whether or not it actually isn't just an investment that makes you more than it costs you, then you're doing your agency and your employees and your business a disservice. So Pete, this has been great, man. I let's do a little bit of the, uh, the ad stuff. Like if people want to get a hold of you best way, LinkedIn, or how do we, uh, LinkedIn we, Pete Tessie yeah. on LinkedIn, the insurance podcast.com. Um, that's the website, uh, we, you know, and, and the insurance, the insurance podcast show on LinkedIn, you know, we're, we're on all social media channels and, uh, yeah, come say hi, come connect with us and we'll have some fun. I appreciate it, Pete. Thanks so much for being on my man. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. You guys are doing a bang up job and we just need more of this in the industry. I totally agree. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So everybody, thanks for tuning in. If my voice sounds a little crunchy, I'm fighting off a little bit of a head cold. So I apologize for that. It is not COVID. I was tested, but I do have a, you know, kind of the the sniffles going. So I do, I do apologize. Thank you for tuning in. As always, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, do me a solid, go to vertifor.com under the resources tab, click on podcasts and subscribe there as well. Bonus content, all kinds of great stuff. Be part of that community. Again, Pete Tessier, our guest, go check him out on LinkedIn and, and his podcast, which I think is a great, great tool for us as we try to get better in this industry every day. Thanks everybody for being here and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. And tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. You can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe and join in on the conversation on LinkedIn and Twitter at Vertifor.